It's a great school uh, to say a story of Tzadikim and Matzah Shabbos, and uh, a school for all good things. And uh, I apologize for uh, not starting on time tonight, uh, but uh, it's definitely worth doing, and uh, it's because of um, your patience that I'm able to do this. Thank you very much. Okay, so I want to share with you tonight a few stories about Reb Meir Zions. But a very unique relationship with, and still has a unique relationship with the Rebbe. Uh, Rosie, you want to come listen to the story? Come. Come listen to the story. You hear the story today? I'll tell you the story now. Come, Rosie. Come. Yeah. Please. Come, Rosie. Come on. Come on. Fast. Run. So, basically, um, there was a great Torah giant who lived in Williamsburg, and his name was Rabbi Fagenbaum. And he was uh, he was often in Brazil, where Rabbi Reyes Zions is from, in order to collect the money for his various Torah institutions. And when Rabbi Meir and his brother Matal Olvashom were learning in 770, they used to visit him in Williamsburg, and their father would send them letters to give to Rabbi Fagenbaum. In 1953... There was a, uh, the Korean War was, was in full swing. There was a war between North Korea and South Korea. And two and a half million people were killed. And uh, at that time, Northern Korea and South Korea were, were support, supported by the uh, United States and Russia, respectively. And so this, this Rabbi Fagum, I'm told, Rabbi Zayn, he said, I'm thinking of moving to Brazil because I lost my wife and 11 children in the Holocaust and I'm afraid that the war may reach here. So I'm really not sure what I should do. It was 1953, just his Holocaust survivor. He lost so many people in the Holocaust. So he wasn't sure what he should do. So the mayor said to him, listen to my advice. Go to the Rebbe and ask the Rebbe what to do. So he wasn't really into it, but the mayor continued to tell him this is the right advice. One day, this Rabbi Fagenbaum calls the uh, he calls up the mayor and tells him, "Please come to Williamsburg." And he says again how he has these doubts, and he says, "I'm ready to go to the Rebbe." When does the Rebbe daven mincha? So he told him, "Rebbe daven's mincha every every uh, weekday at three fifteen. So then he said, Rabbi Fagenbaum said, "The Rebbe actually knows me," and he explained that. In 1946, he uh, he had to talk to the Rebbe about some matters that were per- that were relevant to Merkazani Chinuch to the um, to the uh, uh, educational arm of Lubavitch that the Rebbe was uh, running in was appointed to take care of by the previous Rebbe, and I visited then the previous Rebbe. The previous Rebbe said, "Go down and speak to my son-in-law in learning." So, Rabbi Fagelbaum said, said to Mayor, Rabbi Zayin, he said to him, you know what, I'm going to go to the Rebbe with you. If the Rebbe recognizes me, then it's worth talking, then I want to talk to him. If he doesn't recognize me, then I don't want to speak to him. That's what, that was Rabbi Fagelbaum's decision was. So they, so they decided they're going to go stand together in the shul and upstairs in 770, 
And if the uh, when the Rebbe will pass, they'll say Shalom Aleichem. If the Rebbe recognizes Rabbi Feigenbaum by the very first hello, so then he will ask to speak to the Rebbe. And if not, he's not going to go to speak to the Rebbe. So he got to 770 at 3.05. Rabbi Feigenbaum is standing in the upstairs uh, shul in 770. Rabbi Meir is standing behind him. And a few moments pass, and the Rebbe enters with a siddur in, in his hand, as the Rebbe would enter always with a siddur. And as soon as the Rebbe sees Rabbi Feigenbaum, the Rebbe says, Shalom Aleichem Rabbi Feigenbaum. Rabbi Feigenbaum was a person who was, in general, a very excitable person. And he didn't hear his shock. And he asked the Rebbe, how do you recognize me? It's been so many years. So, so the Rebbe said, what do you mean? It says in Teisvis that uh, even Amaaretz, even someone who is who's ignorant in Torah, can rec- has a Tviya sign, is able to recognize things, is able to just, without any specific sign, just with his eyes, able to, to remember something, even if he's ignorant. So uh, he's able to, like, the Gemara is talking about uh, um, the laws of ownership, and, and the Gemara says that, that everyone has on, on, their, on their own belongings a way of recognizing them, even without any specific sign. The says, so even if, in, the Tosu says, even an ignoramus can do that, so therefore, of course, I can recognize you. Then um, the Rebbe continued to remind him about several things that they spoke about seven, seven years before. And after davening, he visited the Rebbe's room, and the Rebbe told him he should not go to Brazil. Uh, Rabbi Feigemam, this caused great uh, respect from Rabbi Feigemam towards the Rebbe, and he listened to Rebbe's advice. In 1962, the mayor already began a textile company in Brazil, and he said, sell the textiles in Rio de Janeiro, the capital of Brazil. And once a week, he would travel from São Paulo to Rio for his business. During that time, or 50 years ago, there were Brazilian airlines that used very small airplanes that weren't such high quality. In a very short amount of time, unfortunately, there were several uh, airplanes that went down. And the people that the mayor knew, who uh, you know had had real difficult um, situations, landing in the water and cra- crazy stuff. So, the mayor was not sure what to do because he had to go to Rio once a month, and he was afraid to travel in a, in, in a uh, small airplane. If I remember correctly, there's a letter of the Rebbe where the Rebbe says in general not to go on an airplane which only has uh, one engine. Anyway, so he traveled to the Rebbe, he came into the Rebbe's room for a private audience, and he told the Rebbe what he's worried about. When he finished, he asked the Rebbe what to do. Is it better that I should go to Rio by a, by a train, by a bus, or by, or by a ship? The Rebbe said you should go always with a plane, always go with a plane, but be careful to take with you a Tanya. And that will protect, that's the best protection. The Rebbe added, even the, the flights from New York to Brazil, although they go in larger airplanes, you should also be, take, be careful to take with you what? Rosie, listen, what should you, what should you take with him? A Tanya. Instead of taking a Tanya with you, will bring you great protection. So he went left out of the Rebbe's room, and he went straight to the airport. 
And when he put on his seatbelt in the, in the airplane, and they already made the announcement that we're taking off, he suddenly remembered that he didn't take a tanya with him. And he was, uh, he was thinking he should leave the airplane and go back to Brooklyn and get a tanya. But it was too late to leave the airplane. So, but he was thinking like, okay, it's, it's, he was under pressure. That was to take a tanya. On the other hand, it's a regular airplane. So he tried to calm himself down. It's a regular airplane, nothing to worry about. And uh, the, um, the plane goes up. And 15 minutes after takeoff, he feels that one of the motors, one of the engines, is not working. He went over to one of the stewardesses, and he said to him, "What's?" She, he said to her, "What's going on? It, it sounds like there's one of the engines is out." She says, "Be quiet! Don't don't! This is going to cause panic among all the um, all the passengers." It's true. We're saying it's true, and we're, ha- we're going to have to circle back and land again in New York because of what happened. So the plane landed again in Kennedy, and meanwhile his brother uh, brought him a Tanya. I'm sorry, his brother-in-law brought him a Tanya. And after a few hours later, they were able to go again to uh, Brazil. Um, in uh, one year, the mayor visited uh, his brother-in-law, Rabbi Label Friedman, on Hanukkah. And he heard that the rabbi was giving out Hanukkah gelt for children. So he went to 770 thinking maybe he'll also get Hanukkah gelt. And he stood there waiting in the uh, entrance of 770, in the lobby over there. And when the Rebbe went out of the shul, together with Rabbi Groner, the Rebbe was, uh, the Rebbe asked Rabbi Groner, does, it, does Rabbi Groner, Rabbi Groner was carrying a big box. The Rebbe asked him, does he have a closed bag of, a closed uh, thing of dimes, a closed um, uh, container of dimes, which, Every closed container of dimes had 50 coins. So, because Rebbe wanted to give him Hanukkah gelt. Rabbi Groners told the Rebbe that he doesn't have any closed containers. He only has dimes, but not closed containers. So Rebbe made a movement with his head and responded, Ah, like, it's okay. The Rebbe put his hand into his pocket, and then he, the Rebbe took a, a bunch of coins in his pocket, as if, like, you know, random amount of coins. He gave it to Rameir, and never said, this is Hanukkah gelt. And when he left, you saw, he counted the coins, it was exactly 50 coins, like the Rebbe had originally intended. They wanted a closed, a closed container of coins, of dimes, which have 50, 50 dimes in, in each. So, then the Rebbe, um, on one occasion, the mayor went with his family to a private audience. Nebbe said, you should have long life and good years, and you should have all good your entire life. In, the mayor had the schus, had the merit of paying for the printing of many volumes of Akut HaSichas. And I want to share with you a few items about his connection to that project. Um... He, Remeir himself felt that this was a great merit for him, and because he supported Kutasichas, he felt this was a great blessing for his business. He, um, there was once a lot, lot of audits going on in Brazil, in the in the industry that he was in, in the textile industry, and he was afraid that they were going to also audit him as well. 
He was very afraid. He went to New York before Shoshana. He went over to the Rebbe by the Fabrinian, and he asked the Rebbe for a bracha. The Rebbe said to him, Go to Rabbi Chadakov, give Rabbi Chadakov Tzedaka, as much as he'll ask you to give, that's what you should give, and everything will work out. He went to Rabbi Chadakov, Rabbi Chadakov asked him to give $5,000. He gave $5,000, and everything worked out, and they didn't, all the other uh, colleagues that he had in the industry were audited, but he wasn't. Debo once said to him, regarding a blessing for success in business, Debo said to him like this, I received your request for a blessing in, for your business, and I'm going to quote to you what it says in this book called Levush Esrad. Levush Esrad says that a person should always hold, be very careful to give tzedakah and be, and be um, strong in the attribute of charity, and you should have a separate um, wallet, separate money pouch for charity, so that when somebody needs charity, you should be able to uh, give him right, directly from this from this uh, pushka, from this from this stucca container. And then they said, uh, then they concluded, I'll mention you at the resting place of my father-in-law for a blessing. He was once Rebbe was once in an audience with Rebbe and asked Rebbe for a blessing for a success in his business. This was when his business started to develop. As Rebbe was uh, speaking, Rebbe took out of his drawer ten hundred dollar bills. Ten fifty dollar bills and ten twenty dollar bills and ten ten dollar bills. Nebu said, Take these these bills and change them to Brazilian bills and put the, this amount into your business, you'll be successful. And before Shoshana in 1980, Nebu wrote to him. It should be in a good and auspicious hour and everything. And for sure you receive my participation of $1,100 for all of your family and your merit in this world and the next world for all of your family. So the brachas of the Rebbe, of course, were fulfilled. And uh, in one, one year, the mayor passed by the Rebbe before Shoshana. Before Shoshana is, of course, a very busy time by any Jew, of course, by the Rebbe. And Whenever he would go in front of the Rebbe for Shoshana, in addition to giving his request for blessing, he also would give the Rebbe a sort of contract of how much charity he's going to give that year. So he gave the Rebbe this contract that he had written about what he's planning to give to support the printing of Akuta Sichas, the Rebbe Sichas. And when the Rebbe, when he saw him, the Rebbe asked him, Do is the contract for Akuta Sichas here? So he says, it's here. Debe said, is it according to the way, is it, the, the words that Debe used were, mine hasogas, which was roughly translated as, is it the way I want it to be? Is it according to my understanding? Did, did you make this according to the way you understand, in other words, or, or did, you, did you give stock according to the Rebbe's, uh, the Rebbe's perspective of what should be given? So what should he answer? He didn't know what to answer, he just, he just smiled. The Rebbe did not smile. The Rebbe said, go into the base Medrash, go into the synagogue, write over the contract, and come back from the side, meaning come back to, to, the, Rebbe, to the Rebbe from the side entrance, and I will, and then I will accept from you your request for blessing with your contract. He was shocked. It was before Shoshana, everyone's so busy, it's so serious, 
In the middle of the Rebbe's receiving all these requests for blessing, the Rebbe tells him to go rewrite his contract. So he, re- he, he, re- he rewrote the contract, and he added more tzedakah than he had originally planned on giving. And when he came to the Rebbe, the Rebbe saw him, the Rebbe smiled and said, is everything okay? He said, it's okay, and I added to the amount. The Rebbe wished him a good sweet year, and on some Gedalia, the day after Shoshana, Rabbi Groner notified him that an answer came from the Rebbe um, and the Rebbe regarding what the contract they had written to the Rebbe. The, the, the Rebbe's response goes like this. It says in the Medrash, says in the Medrash that in order to check someone's might, you should see the kind of stone they're able to carry. So the Rebbe said, according to his power, according to the mayor's power, he could lift a much heavier stone. In other words, he can give a lot more. So, after coming down from the shock, that right after Rosh Hashanah, Rebbe is again reaching out to him and telling him that he has to pay attention to what he's giving, uh, he calmed down, he wrote to the Rebbe that if his business will be successful um, this year, more than the pre years before, he'll add a bigger amount. The Rebbe answered that same day, and Rebbe said, it's the opposite. In other words, he was telling the Rebbe, if things work out, I'll give more. The Rebbe said, Ibcha Mistabra. The opposite makes sense. First, add to the amount that you want to give, and then you will see that your business will be very successful. So it's unnecessary to say that that's exactly what happened. He made a decision already before that he's going to add, and his business that year took off in a, in a, in a, in a major way. So, as you see from the story, how um, there's something that ever saw that he needed to do. And therefore, the Rebbe paid such attention to what he was, that decision of, of how much stock he was giving. And clearly, the Rebbe wanted to protect him and his business and to, and to bless his business. And therefore, the Rebbe um, initiated this, this conversation and, and told him to rewrite the contract. And then the Rebbe said to, to, to again to consider giving more. And then, even when he refused, he's like, Well, if I can make more, I'll give more. The Rebbe's like, It should be the opposite. And, and, and the Baruch Hashem. He listened, and Baruch Hashem brought him great success in his business. But I think there's something over here that we all can take a lesson from, that don't wait till Hashem blesses you and then give, but the opposite. You give and make a decision to give, and then Hashem will make it possible. And those are the stories I wanted to share. Any questions or comments? All right. Mashiach